Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Welcome back to the program. Welcome back to the cafe. Pastor Clark Covington here with another episode of KJV Cafe. So glad to be here. I'm just uh, sipping on some coffee, hanging out, man, studying the Bible, and it just blesses my heart. And hopefully this episode will bless your heart too, because really, I'm telling you, the Bible can do that. You know, when you study God's word, it can bring peace to you like you can't imagine. It also can bring rest, which is the topic today. Genesis 2, 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made, and rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made, and blessed the seventh day, and sanctify it, because in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. So we see here work is mentioned at least three times, rest is mentioned twice. God's been working. He's been doing things, I don't know, just creating the whole universe. You know, he hung the stars up there like no big deal. And man, in in the most brilliant man of all time, can never even decipher one iota, one-tenth of one percent of anything in the meaning of the universe. They can't even do it. You know, they think it's billions of light years. Whatever it is, it's way more than anyone could ever fathom. And God went ahead and did that on just one day out of those six days. And again, you know, man can never tame the ocean, can't even come close. And yet God just made that and everything else on and on. God is all powerful, all knowledgeable, and he wants us to rest. And I, I want to preface this episode with a concept that kind of came to me as we were going through the last episode and getting to the end there. You know, this is this this idea of rest deals, I think, with the idea that maybe we need to, not maybe, but definitely, we need to really be in the will of God and pray about walking in the will of God. Because if we're not careful, we will then saddle ourselves with burdens that God never intended for us to have. Because if we're saved, it doesn't mean that we're on an automatic path to a life in God's will. Once we're saved, you know, we're not yet sanctified. To be sanctified is like going to the Lord and praying and repenting. The idea is like being cleaned a little, right? Like Peter didn't need to be washed all over, just need to clean his feet, okay? That's there um, in, the, in the New Testament. And we see here this idea of sanctification, of praying to God, repenting for any sin that we have in our life and asking him, Lord, like where, where are you leading me, you know? And here's a tip. He may say, look around because he's going to give you and put people in your life and give you resources to do what he wants you to do. I believe like if he made you, let's say he made you the best basketball player of all time, right? Like you're just incredible at basketball. Maybe he wants you to do something in that field to witness for him, you know, because people want to talk to you in the interviews and you tell people about him, you mentor other players and you go to him in prayer and you give all the glory to him for the talents he's given you. And your whole life is just a mirror of him. But if that basketball player one day woke up and said, well, I want to just go off to the mission field over to China, 
Now that's admirable, but maybe God doesn't want them to do that. So part of having rest is not overdoing like what God would want us to do. And again, how do we know what God wants us to do? Well, we read his word. His word instructs us on many things he wants us to do. Amen. Uh, as well as we pray and we seek his will and we realize that a Christian life is a balanced life. Uh, the Bible word would be temperance or moderation. It's a balanced life. And we have rest throughout the Bible. There's 504 verses on rest in the Bible from my study. Rest equals freedom from activity or labor. The idea of relaxing. It's relieve that nervous tension. There's 420 verses in the Old Testament and 84 in the New. And the first mention of rest here is Genesis 2.2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And then we have the last mention of rest in the term of resting, uh, Revelation 14.13. Because Revelation 20 mentions rest, but more uh, in a different context. It doesn't mention the idea of resting. It's like the rest of the people, right? But for resting, the last mention is Revelation 14, 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. So literally this topic spans from Genesis to Revelation, the entire Bible deals with rest. And right after this break, we're going to get deeper into this idea of what the Bible says about rest. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. Okay, so let's look here about rest. Alpha and Omega, God is the beginning and end. And we learn from the first mention to last mention about rest in the Bible. We serve a God that is very detailed in his approach. And he wants us to know right from the very beginning of his word that there should be a day of rest. You know, when we look at the rest in the first mention of the Bible, it deals with resting on the seventh day of creation. The last deals with us as his children having rest from our labors when we die. And this labor for him follows us to heaven. Okay, so you won't, I think I can say this, you won't be like compelling people to have faith in Jesus. You won't be doing a traditional gospel uh, soul winning type deal. You won't be working in that area. I don't think in heaven uh, because they can see Jesus. Right. And you could say like, get really specific. Well, what about the millennial kingdom? And what about the children of those that make it through the tribulation? Yes. But even then Jesus is there. So it's not like you have to say, Oh, Jesus once lived, like he's already there. Now people do have to be saved uh, because of what we read about the end of the millennial kingdom with the rebellion and the devil, the, the devil's loosed. He gathers all of these, the rebels, those that wouldn't believe and they're all expelled and that's the end of it. So there will be some kind of maybe preaching or evangelism, but it'll be much different. And so we'll have a rest from what we're doing here. We'll have a rest from feeling like we're living in a world we don't belong. Amen. We'll have rest from feeling like maybe we're at a job that isn't, you know, satisfying us like, like others that, that have put their hope and their faith and their treasure in the job. Right. I mean, to them, it's a big deal. And to us, it should just be a, a means to get by and, and not something that we put our hope and our trust in. Uh, so we see here, we need to ask this question, what are we doing? We look at our lives that's going to follow us to heaven or not, right? 
And if we have that right in our minds and our treasure is in heaven, then we'll want to pursue the work that we do when we're not resting for God. But he is very serious about rest. Uh, the Ten Commandments made resting on the Sabbath a requirement of the law, uh, Exodus 28 through 11. Um, God says that we should remember the Sabbath. It wasn't something new. It's been around since all creation. I got that note from gotquestions.org, a great resource. Uh, and the command to rest is not an excuse to be lazy. It's simply what we are to do on that seventh day. And God is very specific. It's, you know, even the land needs rest. Leviticus 25, 4, but in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. Thou shalt neither sow thy field nor prune thy vineyard. So the seventh year, the land rested. And you have the Jubilee mentioned in Leviticus 25, where they aren't, they aren't to, uh, to, to um, reap or sow or grow. Uh, God's very serious about rest. And we are to rest. Uh, we are to rest for God's uh, glory and our well-being. You know, think about it more broadly. You know, think about this idea of rest. You know, we've gone over God's command, but think about why it might be good for us. I mean, you go to a restaurant and let's say it's supposed to be really, really good. Let's say it's a burger joint. You're supposed to have amazing burgers there. You're seated at the table. You're so excited to go out there. It's a special occasion. And your server comes up and they look exhausted. They, they, they forget your order. They, they don't come to fill up your drinks. Uh, you, you look over, you've got a problem. The food isn't cooked all the way through. And they're over, leaned up against the child's seats, just yawning in the back of the restaurant. You know, you're, you're so upset. Your stomach hurts. The food's cold. The whole thing is a mess. And, and it's all because they didn't rest. But is that not... What we do to God as servants of Christ, giving him a half effort or little effort and not making a good impression on those we are to wait on and serve because we're not rested. We're not optimal at our jobs. Think about that. Our rest is for our benefit and not just his glory. So when we rest, we show faith to him, but it's also for our benefit. People, and the reason why I bring this up is like, if you tack on a full-time job and then you tack on say sports leagues for the kids, and then you tack on anything else, right? Where is there time for God where you're not completely worn out? You know, ask the preacher about being up at the pulpit, looking out over the congregation. Oftentimes, People can be what? Tired, yawning, not there, right? And so it's evident to the preacher, obviously, because that's their job or whatever it may be. And of course, they're there, they care. But, but as congregants, oftentimes we don't think that way. We just think, well, they don't understand. I'm busy. But why are you busy, right? Ask the question, you know, what is it that's getting in the way of getting proper rest? You know, and, and, and so it's not that we can't, like, let's say on a Sunday, your routine is to go to the lake all day, or on a Sunday, your routine is to go to the mall all day, or your routine on a Sunday is to spend the whole day at the park. None of these things necessarily are bad in and of themselves, but if that is supposed to be the day of rest and you're choosing to be very active, then what you're doing is you're not taking care of yourself. You're not taking care of your body, which if you're saved, that's called the temple of God. Amen. You're not treating your, your temple properly. And on top of that, 
you're furthering off into this worldly system. And the most worldly place that I've ever lived was New York. And the most worldly place in New York that I've ever seen is New York City. And guess what? New York City never closes. It's the city that never sleeps. Walk around there on a Sunday and you would think it was any other day of the week. You you walk around South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia on a Sunday morning, and you might think things are a little peculiar. The stores are closed. The churches, the cars in the church parking lot. It's very different. But in New York, in this worldly wicked place, and I can say that because I lived there a long time and I saw a lot of it, nobody's resting. There's no such thing. You know, they're like collapsing and then getting up and doing it again. And that's foolish. That's foolish. God calls us to rest for his glory, but for our benefit. Amen. It's both. And when we rest, when we're yoked up with a meek and lowly in heart, we find true rest, not just for our bodies, but our souls. We get yoked up with Jesus. We ensure we're saved. We, 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 we live by his tenets. We pray to him. And guess what? When we obey God, this releases that ten- tension and anxiety. It's a form of rest. We cast our cares on him. It's a form of rest. You know, when we worship, that's a form of rest. When we go to church and do these things, it literally is rest to our souls. It is medicine to our bodies. It's what we're made to do. And yet, oftentimes, we run from it like we don't want to do it for whatever reason. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 1 Peter 5, 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Amen. We go to that endless fountain that was offered to us by the blood of Jesus to renew and restore each and every day. That's what the Bible says, that we're renewed every day in Christ. Amen. We're no longer in need of trusting ourselves when we live for Jesus. We have Jesus. We can fully trust him to meet our needs. Look, if you have a need that you thought you had to meet on Sunday and you say, Lord, I'm resting in you, I believe the Lord will honor that and take care of it. Amen. He'll meet that need. God is that good and God's order is perfect. And his order for us is to rest on Sunday, the seventh day, just as God himself and specifically Jesus Christ rested on the seventh day of creation. It's very clear. Amen. It's an act of faith to rest and to trust Jesus, but it's one that we have to commit to, to purpose to, to say, Lord, you know what? On on your day, we're just going to take it easy. We're going to rest for you. We're going to go to church Sunday morning, hopefully Sunday night, but in between then, just have a meal, take it easy and rest for you because I know that that's what you desire of me. And I know that you know best. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email brother Clark directly at Clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow. Same time. Same place.